Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us in worship for the very first time, we welcome you. We are thrilled you have chosen to worship with us this day. Today, as we wrap up our journey through Paul's letter to the Philippians and we prepare our hearts for worship, I invite you to consider the longings of your own heart. I invite you to consider the ways that God is moving in your heart and your mind and the ways that God might be calling you into an entirely new chapter as we all seek to care for the world that has been entrusted to our care. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in a responsive call to worship. God is here, so don't let go of all the reasons to rejoice. We will sing a song to the one who fills our lives with joy. God is here. Don't stop lifting your prayers with thanksgiving. We will sing a song to the one who hears our words and our silence. God is here. Don't stop giving your hearts to God. We will sing a song to the one who graces us with a peace we cannot begin to understand. Let us worship God together. All too often, my friends, we tell God that we will do better. We tell God that we will be better. And then we just go on living the same way we always have. So let this be the moment when we tell our God of our failures and our faithlessness so we can go forth to work in God's kingdom of hope and grace and mercy. So join me in our home worship bulletin as we confess our sins before God. Let us join in our prayer of confession 
together. God of our lives, you call us to always rejoice in you, and we prefer to grumble. You call us to be gentle and humble in heart, but we prefer to boast and to act out our anger and our frustration with undeserving others. You call us not to worry, but worry consumes our hearts and our minds, especially when we feel so out of control. You remind us of your peace that passes understanding, and yet we lack the patience to wait for your peace, and we lack the humility to rest in you alone. God of mercy, we need you more than ever. Come to us now, forgive our wayward ways, call us home to the only home we need in you. People of God, hear the good news. Do not worry, the Lord is near. God hears our prayers with compassion and with abundant, steadfast love. Rejoice, for in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God, alleluia, amen. Hello, my young friends. It's a great joy to be with you. I want to tell you about a part of Paul's letter to the Philippians today. Paul's writing to the church in a place called Philippi, and that's how we get the word Philippians. Isn't that cool? And he's writing to them, and one of the things he says is, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul is calling his people in Philippi, God's people in Philippi, to rejoice in the Lord, to always give thanks that God is with us always, that God is journeying with us always, that God will never leave our side. That is something, no matter what's going on, that we can always rejoice in. Rejoice in the Lord always. I hope you will go home and actually memorize that short verse of scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That's part of Philippians chapter four. And we have a song today that some of you might know that I would love to sing with you. Mr. Carpenter is not with me today, so it would be a lot better if he was, but I hope you'll sing along with me for this short time. We're gonna sing this song together. I learned this years and years ago when I was a child in, a ch in church in Dubuque, Iowa, and it is a song that you might already know yourself. So I hope you will join me. Let's sing together. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. If you want to keep learning that, pause this video, Rewind, try it again, 
If you memorize that short song, you have memorized a part of scripture today from Philippians chapter four, when Paul sent a letter to this church and said, rejoice in the Lord always. So I hope you will keep working on that, on that verse, sing it at home, sing it with your families, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let's pray together and then we will be on our way for this week. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that you are always with us. Help us to always rejoice in you. Amen. It's wonderful to be with you. Have a great week. I'll see you again soon. As we prepare to hear God's word, let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Together, let's listen for the word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. During my time in seminary, I worked one summer in a hospital as a student chaplain. One afternoon, I found myself in a hospital room of a local pastor. He'd been admitted for a routine procedure and was coming along just fine, but when he found out that I was a chaplain, he invited me right in. He asked me to sit down. He asked me a myriad of questions about my time in seminary, my call to ministry. He was excited to meet me. He told me about his church. He mentioned that he planned to be back in the pulpit as early as Sunday. And so, like any seminary student trying to continue to make conversation with this local clergyman, I, I asked, oh, you're going to be in the pulpit on Sunday. What are you preaching on? He looked puzzled. Um, what, is there a particular topic or what's your text for this week? Another very puzzled look. Are you preaching on a particular scripture or a topic? I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Well, I'll preach what I always preach, 
he said. Faith? Born again? God's got it. Faith? Born again? God's got it. I realized in that moment I likely wasn't sitting across from a buttoned-up, lectionary-bound, decent and in order, frozen-chosen Presbyterian like myself, but I also realized, perhaps a little bit too late, that my line of questioning had unleashed the preacher who sat in that hospital bed. If Jesus had been there, I think that man would have gotten up and walked right away. But instead, he sat in that bed, yelling at the top of his lungs, through an open door and down a hospital corridor. Faith! Born again! God's got it! He proclaimed, Faith! Born again! God's got it. He began to yell, you need your life back in order? Well, God's got it. You need some healing for your knee? God's got it. You need reconciliation with your family? God's got it. You need a husband? God's got it. God's always got it. God's got it all. I will rejoice in the Lord always, for there ain't nothing that God don't got. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. I was really embarrassed to be sitting in that hospital room. My face turned red and I thought, oh dear God, he's trying to evangelize this entire hospital wing and I have no idea who's going to walk by to see this. But what I really need to confess to you is that in that moment, I felt my heart grow heavy with judgment and skepticism as I sat across from that hospital preacher. And let me explain, because I grow similarly judgmental and skeptical as I sit across from our friend Paul today as well. God's got it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Their proclamations into a world filled with pain and suffering seem at first glance to lack much theological depth or nuance, or they at least seem to lack a reckoning with the people and the society they're called to care for. After all, I could think of a thousand situations in which I find it profoundly difficult, if not impossible, to proclaim, God's got it. Rejoice in the Lord always. A couple who long to have a child are informed that it will never be possible for them. God's got it. A young person finds himself unable to escape the darkness and pit of depression and despair. Rejoice in the Lord always. A global pandemic sweeps the world, leaving hundreds of thousands dead, an economy in shambles, and fear and anxiety in every heart. God's got it. A nation is in uproar over the racial injustice that still haunts and infects every facet of our society. Rejoice in the Lord always? I don't know about you, but for me, the moment that proclamation, God's got it, hits the real world, it turns into a question. God's got it? Rejoice in the Lord always? It feels shallow 
to me. It feels ignorant. It feels overly simplistic given the complex world that we live in. It feels like a quick fix. And yet, Paul, who is writing this letter, Paul is in prison. Remember, he is writing to the church in Philippi from prison. Paul is not a stranger to suffering. But even from his prison cell, he is proclaiming, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul goes on to encourage people not to worry about anything, to offer prayers to God, and he talks about God's peace that passes understanding all from prison. Was Paul just better at following Jesus than I am? Because places of pain and suffering are not where I'm inclined to call out to the world rejoicing. They're not places I'm inclined to call out from my hospital bed. God's got it. Seminary president Michael Joseph Brown reminded me this week, though, that the key to understanding Paul's call to rejoice is that it is in the Lord, not in the circumstances one finds oneself in, not in the suffering and pain of this world, but in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. It is a reminder that the Lord is either the object of our rejoicing or the Lord is the one in whom we are grounded. The one in whom our hope lives. The one in whom our joy thrives. This continuous rejoicing, this calling out with joy from one's hospital bed and from inside prison walls is a really important concept for Paul because it grounds us not in the things of this world, but in the kingdom of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always, always, always in the Lord. Lord. This rejoicing points to a joy that is not only enduring, but a joy that sustains us even when we are worn down by life's challenges. It is more than happiness. It is more than a seasonal cheerfulness. It is a joy rooted in an ongoing relationship with the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Even as Paul is in prison, he proclaims his joy in the Lord. And let me be clear, it's not a proclamation that says, I'm no longer in pain and no longer in a pit of despair, but it is an announcement that proclaims that God will have God's way in all of this. It is a proclamation that death and despair will never have the final word in God's story because God has promised that it will never be so. It is a proclamation that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God has got it. 
not in a way that is simplistic or trite, but rather in a way that professes the deep truth of the gospel that even though we die, we will live. That even though we despair, we can rejoice in a Savior who loved us enough to die on our behalf. That even when God may seem most absent, God is at work. And God will always, always, always have the last word. I realized that the faith of my friend in the hospital room actually had far more depth than I had given him credit for perhaps far more depth than even I had in my own heart at the time. He wasn't asking anyone to give thanks to God for suffering or for struggles. He wasn't asking anyone to accept whatever dire situation they were in. He was simply practicing what Paul calls us to every day, to rejoice in the Lord always to praise God always, to practice that praise when we get up in the morning and when we go to bed each night and to ground ourselves in the knowledge that even in the darkness, even in the pit of despair and in the anxiety and the fear and the injustice of this world, we can trust in the faithfulness and promises of our God who is with us in every trial and is always always, always working to bring light out of darkness, hope out of despair and resurrection life, even out of death itself. It may not always happen on our timeline. It may not always happen the way we thought it would. It may not even happen in our lifetime, but God's got it. Always, always and always rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Please turn in your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words from a brief statement of faith. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life, the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all people to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. 
My friends, one way that we seek to rejoice in the Lord always is by placing our trust entirely in God's hands. Trusting God with the fullness of our hearts and with every facet of our lives. We remain deeply, deeply grateful for those of you who have extended so much generosity and continued to support the church financially during this strange season. Many of you have sent in your gifts through the mail or through our online giving portal on our website, and we encourage you to continue to utilize those options. Many of you have also given very generously in these last few months toward our Chromebook Fund for Morrisville School District and our COVID-19 Relief Fund to provide assistance to our local community and neighbors in this difficult time. I am thrilled to inform you that as a family of faith, we have raised over $7,000 for the COVID-19 Relief Fund and over $10,000 to purchase Chromebooks in the Morrisville School District, providing access to education for over 30 families in the district who would not otherwise have it. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for your incredible generosity. And be aware, my friends, that you have not simply purchased Chromebooks. You have empowered a community to provide education more effectively to its young people. And you have empowered these young people entrusted to our care in our community with an education that has the capacity to build a healthier and more vibrant future for every student. Thank you for your generosity. Let us continue to rejoice in the Lord always by giving generously in response to all that God has given us. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save what thou art. Thou my most thought, by day or by night, Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom and thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father, I thy true son. Thou in me dwelling. And I with thee one. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only first in my heart. I King of heaven, my treasure thou art. High King of heaven, my victory won, may I reach heaven's joy, O bright heavenly sun. Art of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all.
friends, as we long to be together, long even more to be the people that God calls us to be, long to be a people who rejoice in the Lord always, let us prepare our hearts to turn to God in prayer. At this time, I invite you to take your home worship bulletin as we pause for prayer. We invite you to take out a piece of paper and a pen or to talk with those who you are worshiping alongside today and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. The first question is, how have you known God's joy this week? The second question is, how have you known God's peace this week? And the third question has two parts. The third question is, what can you do in the coming week to rejoice in the Lord always? And how can you make that a habit in your life in the weeks and months to come? We're going to encourage you to pause the video now and sit with these questions for a few minutes. When you're done writing or sharing with the folks you are worshiping alongside, feel free to turn the video back on and we will enter into a time of prayer together. Much of our prayer today, friends, comes from the Reverend Jill Duffield. Let us turn to God in prayer. Loving God, we come to you now more afraid than we would like to admit. The fear of contagion surrounds us. The fear of economic hardship abounds. The fear that justice and reconciliation are impossible creeps into our consciousness, even when we want to be a people of hope. As we continue to navigate the unfamiliar waters of a pandemic and the all too familiar storms of long entrenched iniquity, we admit we are afraid. We name our deepest anxieties before you, knowing that you know them before we speak them. You tell us that even the hairs on our heads are counted and therefore we pour out our hearts before you. Trusting not only that you will hear our cries, but that you will answer them. Hear our cries on behalf of the oppressed and the exploited. Let justice roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Hear our cries of lament on behalf of those whose losses are too many to name and too heavy to continue to carry. Give to them your easy yoke and your light burden. Hear our cries of grief as we join with our siblings who mourn. Comfort them until they see you face to face and crying and death are no more. Hear our cries for the sick and suffering, the lonely and the shunned. Heal them, restore them, help us to seek them out and bring them home in your name. Hear our cries for those we love, those we are called to love, those we find it very difficult to love. Grant us your spirit of strength and wisdom so that we can live the commandment we know, the greatest commandment, to love you with all that we have and love our neighbor as ourselves. 
Gracious God, you come to us now assuring us of your presence with us and your power working through us. In confidence, we know that your perfect love casts out all fear. In confidence, we know that your peace, which passes understanding, calls us to rejoice in you always. And in confidence, we know that in ways we can see and in ways that remain hidden, you are empowering us to boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ that will set us all free. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with your peace so that whatever is true in your kingdom, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, we might do it all. In the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. My friends, let us go out into the world to praise God always, to practice that praise when we get up in the morning and when we go to bed each night and to ground ourselves in the knowledge that even in the darkness, even in the pit of despair and even in the anxiety and the fear and the injustice of this world, we can trust in the faithfulness and the promises of our God who is with us in every trial and is always, always, always working to bring light out of darkness, hope out of despair, and resurrection life even out of death. Let us go out into the world rejoicing. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, and be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.